0: Welcome to the Bridgetown Church Podcast. For the month of May, we are honoring Asian American Pacific Islander Month. Each week, members of our church family will be sharing stories that acknowledge and celebrate AAPI history from their lived experiences and the world at large.
1: Hey, Bridgetown family. Thanks for listening to the Bridgetown Church Podcast. We are continuing our celebration of AAPI Month for the month of May, we are hearing stories and honoring those in our church family who belong to the Asian American Pacific Islander community. If you haven't had a chance, be sure to go back and listen to the first episode of this series where we learn about the history of racism here in Portland and beyond through the state of Oregon and the effect that it plays even now here in our present situation and reality. My name is Tyler Hans, I am the creative director for Bridgetown Church and a member of our Racial Justice
0: Committee. And I'm Daniel Jagas I live in Southeast Portland and have been a part of the Bridgetown community for a little over two years.
1: Thank you, Daniel, for being willing to share your story with us. Uh, We're so excited to be able to celebrate the Indian culture. Uh, AAPI is a broad uh, category. Uh, We heard a little bit from um, members of the Asian community. We're so excited that you are here as a member of the indian community you know which is uh, sometimes forgotten a part of asia
0: yeah it's there <laughs> if you look at a map so
1: on every map i see the same place yeah so uh we would just love to hear about your story and first just give us an introduction about who you are a bit about your family any, anything that you'd yeah. love to uh to, to get a background of 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 who you are
0: yeah thanks for having me i'm a big fan of Bridgetown podcast. If, uh. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I was born in India. Um just for reference, I'm 27 years old. I was born in India and my my parents um are all my whole family is Indian, so and or uh, much of my extended family is still living in India. My parents were the first ones to ever really leave from their respective families. And so my dad actually got a job in England, and that's where we moved. We lived a little bit outside of London. I wasn't there long enough to develop a British accent. I moved, we moved <laughs> to Boston when I was two years old. So, and my parents still live in Massachusetts today. Um, I grew up in Boston, and um, I have two younger sisters as well now. They're I'm 11 and a half years older than my eldest sister, so there's an age difference. Wow, but, yeah. Um, yeah, that's just a little bit about my family. But yeah, I, uh, I grew up in Boston and was there until I went to college in Ohio. And then I lived in New York for a little bit, jumped around a little bit, and ended up
1: in Portland a few years after that. So your parents were the first to leave. And I'm assuming that means you have a number of family still behind in India. Mm-hmm. And eventually settling in Boston, what which among your family is the first generation? Is it your parents? Are they the first generation immigrants? Or does that make you, who was here when you were two, or your sisters who were born here?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good question. I have talked about that with a lot of people. I think there probably is like a formal definition for it, like a technical definition for mm-hmm. it. I think in some regards, I feel like first generation because I was I came over with my parents. I was born in India. Um, but I think if you were maybe that where that becomes a little bit of a gray area is because I all I really know is growing up in America. Like yeah. I didn't really grow up in India. Right. So I think you can make an argument that my par- parents are first generation, and I'm second generation. Me and my sisters are both second generation growing
1: up in mm-hmm. the States. Okay. So what, what did it mean for your parents to be Indian immigrants in a big East Coast city like Boston?
0: Yeah. I. I've only really grasped that idea as an adult, mm-hmm. having moved growing up in Boston, I've moved i I've lived a couple of places since then. And every time I've moved, I haven't been able to, or at least I've thought about like how do my parents do this in a whole different country without the technology that we have right now. Um, because it wasn't right. like they could just FaceTime, their family, WhatsApp, their family, real quick and Say hi. It was. It was when they moved across the world. It was really like, hey, we won't really be seeing you or talking to you very much, right. and you won't really be able to keep up with our lives. Like there will be a disconnect.
1: Right. Doing and, the math backward from your age, this is early '90s.
0: Yeah. 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 This is like the mid to the late '90s, and um, I think for them, America, like for a lot of immigrant families, what you hear and I think is true is it is. A land of opportunity and and wealth, um, like you, and and it still is to a certain extent. When I talk to family in India, they have these assumptions about America and even how we are in America. About like you guys are living a certain way, you're living kind of the dream. Um, mm-hmm. And I think my parents came with the expectation that that yes, this is incredibly scary. My my parents also. They didn't have an arranged marriage, which is like a huge trend still to this day in India. Um, They knew each other a little bit, but they didn't know each other a ton when they got married. So it's not only that they were in a new country; they were also kind of new to each other, and they also had me. So they were dealing with a lot. But they always, kind of growing up, they instilled these values of like really hard work, being educated. um, Really, they wanted me to be someone that was interested in learning things and they always took an interest to me in in me doing that. They, they, they weren't like absentee parents or anything. They definitely like spent a lot of time. My mom, my early years of my life didn't um, work. She was just at home with me. So um, I think, yeah, I think they basically brought those ideals and I think good and bad. And in a sense of like empowering me to, to be somebody that was inspired to learn and, and, you know, wanted to be knowledgeable, not only just in like academics, but also they were huge people of faith as well. Mm-hmm. My grandfather in India on my mom's side is a pastor. So, and on both sides of my family, like faith has always been a big part of life. So it was like academics and faith were were like two big core tenets of the household. Um, I think where there was a barrier was with culture. Um, mm-hmm. My parents only had a reference point to, Growing up in India. And so at points, it felt a little bit isolating to be, because I went to a Christian school for elementary school. And so, and I was really probably the one or two person, there was only one or two people of color um, in the class. And it, it wasn't always like a huge thing. Like I wasn't really aware of it all the time, but there were like small things where it's like, I'm bringing lunch. Um, and I'm bringing, like, Indian food. and You know, Uh, Indian food always tastes great. Sometimes doesn't smell that great if you (laughs) heat it up in a lunch cafeteria. So that was, there were, like, these small moments where you'd be painfully aware, like, oh, my family's a little bit different. And they don't (laughs) always, always 100% know what the customs are. Like, I remember I didn't really, I wasn't allowed to sleep over people's houses, but I would go to people's houses and be like, oh, like, your parents, they kind of just let you do what you want. Uh Uh, You know, like, um, so... Um, so I think culturally, I kind of had to figure a lot of things out myself, um, right. having been what you know, quote unquote, like the first generation
1: growing up here. So, what I'm hearing is that in these in these moments in, through your childhood, you're kind of becoming aware in, mm-hmm. in ways of your race and your identity as an Indian man is forming. So, how how did that inform your lived experience, some of these yeah. other tensions, the the way that you you grew up into a man. How did this? How did these experiences form you? It's a really good question. I think I think there are
0: some key moments that I could probably that you know when I'm reflecting on. Like I think it it definitely it didn't happen a lot, which I think is a privilege. Um, that is afforded by Indian people because, again, like I think sometimes the race conversation is just all about black and white. But when it does happen, it does stick with you. So I remember my dad shaving his beard after nine eleven. You know, and wow. and luckily, like like thank God, like nothing at least from what I can recall, you know, ever happened to my family. But I have heard mm-hmm. stories with other families, and I think Be- even, being it was, in
1: Boston, you're so close to it. Yeah,
0: know? yeah, and it it was real. Like yeah. I think people kind of forget that about. When that happened, like culturally, it hung in the air yeah. for years. Um, you know, and and you know, arguably, it just kind of shifted into other things with politics. But it's a different podcast. But I think, um, I think w- how I started to become more aware of it is when I changed schools uh, at, in middle school, and I wasn't. I changed from a Christian school to a private school, and it was because for academics, you know, just wanted to be more challenged. But what I didn't expect was the kind of the culture shock with the different types of kids I'd be around. And with that came like a lot of, I think what you would think would be harmless name calling, but it was like reinforcing a negative stereotype and just negative reinforcement with Mm -hmm. about my identity as an Indian person. So it was like calling you a terrorist. Like I remember at a school dance once a kid from another school, I used to wear baseball caps when I was in high school. I mean, who didn't, but I I remember I was wearing like a Phillies hat to this school dance, and this kid yells at me and he says, Do you play for the Phillies? Oh, wait, you don't, because you're Indian. And I don't know if you thought that was funny. Um, I laughed at it because I deflect with comedy, but I laughed because I was like, This is a terrible joke. At, a least terrible you, joke. at least be more creative. You yeah, know what I mean? It's not even so, funny. It's not funny. And but it's like, there, are like little moments like that, I think that kind of like, just kind of recall. And yeah. I think ingrained in me was kind of like, okay, I feel like I'm on, I'm lower on the totem pole. Um, when it comes to socially, like I did feel it, you know, in that age too, you're kind of trying to figure out dating and things like that. And I felt unattractive. Like I felt unwanted um, because of my race and had some insecurities about like my skin color. I'm on the darker end of Indian people. Uh, my joke is that, you can tell where an Indian person is from in India based on the um shade of their skin. Because um in South India, it's most likely that you'll be a little bit darker. Uh-huh. Um, and you'll be fair if you're from North India. It's not always the case, but um that it that's how it is with Got most it. people I know. Uh-huh. But um yeah, I think that kind of ultimately shaped who I was because I felt that I needed to like No one was really going to like me because of how I looked. It was going to be my personality. So I really like dove delved into. I got really into music, like pop culture, like movies, TV, in the hopes that I I could, you know, interact with people and get along with them really well. And that ultimately got me into really wanted to be like more of a creative person. Um, Mm -hmm. I did. I did kind of like the standard things, like I studied finance in college because I was like, oh, it's easy to get a job, but. I always felt a little bit different than maybe some of my Indian peers because one, I, didn't, I wasn't into the same things they were or studying the same things. And two, I came from a family that was Christian. So I didn't, they didn't, they didn't um, celebrate any of the Indian holidays that some of my Indian friends, which I didn't have a ton of, just a few, um, they, I wouldn't be celebrating with them. So I kind of felt like an outcast, even in the Indian community. Um so it was really just trying to figure out who I was constantly um mm-hmm. and not really being grounded in what it was
1: yeah that's that's a tough place to figure out who you are that's, yeah that's those are formative years that are going to affect you long term how how has how has that experience um Affected your work life because you're saying you you moved into to more creative expressions and now yeah. you are a a uh, marketing manager yeah. for a a local um, apparel company. Yeah, uh, are they local? Are you remote? They, they're. I'm remote. They're remote. based out of San Francisco. Got it. And so you're in the creative uh, industry now. Mm-hmm. How has how has this experience um, through adolescence in your your teenage years have formed your your work life now? Yeah,
0: I think what basically how that happened was I studied I studied finance for uh four years of college, but at my senior year I realized I didn't want to do it after <laughs> working at an internship, which is a great time to realize when you don't want to do something three years into it. And I was scrambling a little bit my senior year to figure out what it was because I, I wanted to be I find myself to be someone who wants to be passionate about what they're doing. Yeah. And through just some really You know, looking back on it, just like very much a God thing. But I just ended up meeting some really incredible people. And I I was able to do this program right after college um, that actually the first week brought me to Portland. That was my first taste of Portland ever, um, was five years ago. And um, after doing that, it was an advertising boot camp. So after doing that, I figured that this might be an industry for me to get into because it married the creative side of things that I really liked and making things, and then also a little bit of that business and, and um, project management side of things that I was formally kind of trained in, too. So I just kind of, yeah, I took a leap of faith. I had to present a PowerPoint to my parents to kind of let them know. Because the, I don't think my parents still know what I do. Um, I think they just kind of smile and nod when I tell them that like, things are going well at work. As long as, I think for them it's they they're just really happy I have a job, so uh but uh yeah I, I kind of took a leap of faith and moved to to New York with a job in advertising and was there for a couple of years doing that so um I think I am really encouraged by more and more Indian people in the industry mm-hmm. um I worked in an ad advertising agency here in Portland for a while and it's still not a ton of Indian people, and it's always great to meet other ones because there's automatically a connection being like, Oh man, you're letting your parents down too No I was kidding um it's it's a connection of like we decided to do something a little bit um we decided to do something a little bit um different, you know that's off the beaten path, and um I think it's 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 great it's both great but sometimes limiting kind of coming from the culture which is like you're always a little bit risk averse you're always going with like what's kind of guaranteed success and i i honestly can't argue with that because mm-hmm. it is like to be established here um is a huge reason why people come here yeah. um, and um people work really hard to yeah establish themselves and for their own families to live here for generations too so to, to go with the traditional kind of like doctor, engineer, lawyer, right? You know, industries is is great, but now I, I do see there. I I think there are a lot of people like myself who are around my age now, you know, give or take a few years, who are doing things in the creative field. They're on, you know, I mentioned um, to you earlier that um, when I was in college, I saw like a sea change of things happening in media mm-hmm. um, with. You know, one thing I point to all the time is is Aziz Ansari's show, Master of None, which was kind of a groundbreaking thing because it it was it went up on Netflix. Everybody's watching Netflix, and it was a show based around an Indian guy. but he it wasn't it was it was just so smartly written. and it really, really just the ultimately just portrayed Indian people like, hey, we're normal too, <laughs> 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 which you know, there have been so many other shows, but no one had ever done that. It was always kind of a stereotype of an uh-huh. Indian person or. In a lesser role, or just like a sidekick. cape. This is here was a main guy, living right. his life, and 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 he was you know subtly talking about the things that affect him. Um, but I remember sitting my parents down and watching that show because they speak the same language that we do. They speak Tamil. and it was just like a new experience. And I I, I actually think it did affect um, things socially. Like I think people actually saw that and were like, hey, Indian people are are. You know, people too. And, and, and it started to change the tide for things. And I think now I have two younger sisters in high school, and they also go through things. But I think ultimately, like, in the culture, like, Indian people are so much more represented as, like, fully formed people mm-hmm. versus just, like, one or two
1: um, ideas or versions of them. Right. Yeah. Um, it's definitely no secret that immigrants are not all treated the same in America. Yeah. There is um a different mindset for immigrants coming from China or Southeast Asia or India where you're considered to these 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 communities are considered to be model minorities because right. they in, this, in in that sense of a stereotype are considered to contribute to contribute to American society in in roles as doctors or or professional business people. Did, did, is that what I'm hearing when you describe this sense of disappointment to your parents or a certain amount of <laughs> pressure uh, on Indian people to be uh, performative in, and, and successful in certain roles?
0: Yeah, I would actually say that my parents really didn't fall into that camp. Um, I, they always encouraged me to do what I was interested in, um, even in college. They never pressured me. They always wanted stability for me so that I would be able to. I think they wanted a good life for their kids, and I think that's totally valid. I, I have talked to other people, though, where they do fall in that camp of feeling really pressured to be a doctor mm-hmm. or be um, an engineer um, by their family. And it's it always makes me sad, um, because no one should ever to feel that way. But it is kind of ingrained in the, At least in my experience, it's been ingrained in that in the culture that like to be successful, like academically, you need to be very strong, and you do that at any cost. Whether you know that's giving, you know, not being a socially like a great person or like really caring about anybody else, or um, just not considering that person as like a fully formed person. It's just about like how do you establish yourself yourself academically and. Um, I, I have started to understand a little bit more of where that mentality comes from. Just having visited India um over the last um not the last few years, but and um growing up, you know, we did visit and just seeing like, you know, where my dad came from, mm-hmm. where my mom came from. Like they it's extraordinary, like what they've been able to do to to build themselves up here. Um, and it still enable enable us to have a better life, you know, kind of pouring education and like making sure that we were Doing stuff, playing sports, doing music, and things like that um, all those were all things they always wanted to do, but they couldn't and so that that's been the example that's been set for me um, but in general, yeah, I think that like it's just an emphasis on um, making sure that you're stable and make and to do that you do that through like being
1: strong academically so here now in Portland, in your current stage of life, having Come up through such unique circumstances, where do you see yourself how are you How are you feeling about your your identity and your place? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think in the
0: last two years that I've been living in Portland, I've really received a, a lot of healing in that area a lot through Bridgetown, um, which I'm really happy to say. i even just a few months ago received a word, I went up for prayer and received a word from somebody. And the what they spoke over me is that I'm God's son. And that really wow. yeah. resonated with me. That's that's something I think about every day now because in the last couple of years, like everybody, I think I've gone through a lot of changes in the relationships in my life, even my vocation. I think when I first moved here and and something that was modeled by you know, my family and such, which is like the job, my job used to be like the most important thing in my life. And that's what identified me. And, and that's what I kind of stuck to. Um, And now actually my identity being around um, it, it, revolving around God um, and how everything else is lining up. And that includes my, my own race as well. And I'm, I'm just really happy to receive that healing because it's something that I can pass on to other people, the people, you know, those who have been healed can can now, you know, start to heal other people as well, and that's what I hope to share with other people.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful, and we just want to say thank you for sharing your story with us. Uh, I'm honored to be able to just sit down and talk with you. Um, and Bridgetown is better uh, when this multi-ethnic uh, expression is is embraced and celebrated. You are making Bridgetown better, and we're so thankful that you're sharing with. Your, your life and your story with us. Thanks, Tyler. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening. To learn more about AAPI history, Oregon's racist past, and Bridgetown's vision for the future, visit bridgetown.church slash justice.